1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. As you can see, I'm wearing a WTF1 beanie because my mullet is an absolute mess. Tommy, how is your hair doing? And and at what stage will you start wearing hats?
2: Oh, I don't I'm not normally a hat guy, but I'm very much needing a haircut soon and very concerned about doing it because I do not like having short hair. Like no, very short no. hair.
1: But that's not what we're gonna be, be discussing today, is in fact not even a real-time newsy topic thing, which we usually talk about sort of stuff that's been going on in the world. But today we're going to be talking about the most underrated driver, both in history and also on the current grid as well. So we have to have two picks. I have a pick, Tommy has a pick, and we've also asked for your picks as well. So we'll be running through some of the uh, the top suggestions and discussing it, won't we, Tommy? I'm sure we'll disagree uh, as we go on, but uh, are you looking forward to this?
2: Should be good. There's not much news to talk about, so we're doing something different.
1: Okay, let's dive in straight away with the current choice—the the one that we thought was most underrated on the grid at the moment. Now, I'll go with mine, Sergio Perez. Eight podiums. The man is the man's been very consistent. Obviously, he had the the call up to to McLaren very early in his career. He didn't perform. You can't really argue against it. But there's been many times where drivers have have gone up, haven't they? Like they've been promoted too early. I mean, we've had Gasly only recently but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's, he'll never be a good driver or never became a good driver, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And you, know, you could argue that perhaps he got his big shot at a top team just as McLaren were, unfortunately, uh, dropping down the order. 2013 wasn't the best time to go. It was the last year that McLaren, well, the 2012 was the last year McLaren won a race, so he joined at exactly the wrong time he could have done.
1: Yeah, and that was where his career could have potentially ended. But fortunately for him, you know, he, he went to the midfield teams and he's been able to perform especially well at what was Force India, now Racing Point. Uh, a few a few fans at ADN underscore YT. Also said Sergio Perez, eight podiums for Force India and Sauber. is definitely incredible. Malaysia 2012. I mean, what a race that was. So that was when he was hounding down Alonso, wasn't it? And we we all thought he was going to win. And then it turned out he, he made a mistake around the second to last corner and... There's been all sorts of conspiracy theories, yeah, hasn't there?
2: Yeah, because obviously, if you remember at the time, that was when Sauber had Ferrari engines and uh, Sauber were very much reliant on Ferrari engines at that time, an independent team. Don't believe it's a conspiracy myself, but they did radio Sergio. Quite understandably, it was a huge result for Sauber to get P2 and they radioed him and said, think about this carefully, Sergio. Maybe hold back, don't don't risk anything. I think they said, can't remember the exact words. And unfortunately, them saying that triggered him into a mistake, just as he was catching Alonso for the lead.
1: Yeah, what strange a win how that would have been being told to 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 be careful or not go for the overtake, and he makes the mistake, which is. Uh bit strange and yeah I think that's one of the conspiracy theories I can slightly get on board with I don't know I just feel like maybe there is something there but we'll never know will we we just uh, have to go on our own suspicions but yeah that was an unbelievable race and that was when Perez really kind of was on the radar wasn't he for for some teams and there was always those links wasn't there to potentially going to the big teams after McLaren but it never really came through
2: yeah it was weird actually because he was a Ferrari junior and um so he'd joined the Ferrari junior team and he was very much like he was going to essentially one day be promoted to the top team, a bit like Charles Leclerc now, for example, starting at Sauber and then moving up. But unfortunately, he didn't have the spot and then, yeah, he ended up in uh, McLaren. He chose McLaren. He went against Ferrari, uh, waiting for that opportunity, joined McLaren again. Unfortunately, despite an incredible... 2012 season where he was getting podiums he could have won a few races that season and yeah unfortunately it didn't work out for him
1: yet to get his uh first maiden victory at V-Lion Man also said Sergio Perez he always seems to get the most out of the car and has developed a way to always get podiums when the top teams make mistakes i think that's the the key thing isn't it you know the amount of podiums he's been able to get in a car that never really deserved it and whenever it's a crazy race you know Baku or whatever He's always there or thereabouts. You expect him to be near the front, making uh, the most of when everybody else trips over each other. And that—that that in itself, as much as people might go, "Ah, oh, you know, he was in the right place at the right time." There's there's drivers like Hulkenberg that never got a podium. It's, so it's,
2: yeah, it's crazy to think he never—he's driven for McLaren, never got a podium for McLaren, but ended up with eight podiums from Force Indias and Saubers. It's. <laughs> pretty crazy it's isn't? the wrong way
1: around isn't it really? yeah <laughs> right Tommy give us your uh, your pick
2: okay so uh for the record my pick was probably going to be Perez 2 um so I'm going with my second choice which is Roman Grosjean which okay. I know will be Tell us more. a bit controversial perhaps um a
1: bit controversial but I guess if you knew of Grosjean in his earlier careers in Lotus you, you can understand why exactly you know, you'd, you'd put him up there
2: and you know, I'm not going to pretend that we haven't roasted him a bit on the podcast when he's had a bad race because he's not been having the most decent uh, recent time of things. Particularly last year, he was poor. I would, I would go to admit he was was poor that season. But yeah. he is a good driver, and obviously the Haas was not in a good place last year. But when he has had those opportunities, Grosjean is the kind of driver that I think if Haas get their shit together. I think Grosjean could, would be the guy that grabbed them a podium. And he's got 10 podiums to his name, which is pretty impressive for someone that gets sort of slated as one of the worst drivers in Formula 1. That's a lot of podiums to score.
1: Yeah, he had a very good run, didn't he? Um, it was after the the big, crash he had wasn't it that yeah so on that was, decent run
2: yeah i was looking back at his results um so his first you, you'd argue 2009 it wasn't really a full season where he just joined when he replaced pk after Crashgate, but he his first like proper full season alongside raikkonen at lotus 2012 was obviously overshadowed by his race ban with the uh, Spa crash, but even then he was scoring a lot of podiums. And by the end of 2013, I had to look back and I remember him being really good at the end of 2013. And uh, look back, and he scored uh, in the last six races, scored four podiums. <laughs> uh, he was he was rapid, rapid. Yeah, he was, so
1: it might have just been that era, though. You know, you never know that. Obviously, with with things having changed now, you know whether it's a, yeah case of the, the hybrid engines and you know there's always talk about that and how it suits particular driving styles and even the car itself you know so yeah definitely well uh, Grosjean yeah for sure we have absolutely roasted him of recent yeah but he's he's deserved it yeah but
2: there's no uh... doubt he's not been great but you know he had a great he had a great career as well on his way to f1 he mm-hmm. won the f3 title he won the gp 2 asia title he won the gp 2 title so you know similar to George Russell in that sense that he was you know this really quick kid that everyone really rated Mm. and he got that chance at Lotus and he was really good and the thing is with these overrated underrated it is uh, at the end of the day it is all opinion because Formula One is a very unique sport where you have to have the right car to perform so Mm. realistically you know like Sergio Perez you never know if he's gonna you know, you could give him the Red Bull tomorrow, and he might not be great. But based on what he's been doing in a Force India and Sauber and stuff, you'd say he is underrated. Say, so Grosjean's one of those drivers different, too. Different
1: uh, different kinds of underrated, aren't they? In in the yeah, sense that yeah. Perez has always been one of those that you know, as I, as I said a minute ago, you know, performs in these you know strange you know climates or whatever that's going on in the race. Whereas Grosjean just had a period in his career where he had a decent car. And he was able to perform to the level of which, you know, that was the year that Kimi Räikkönen won Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? Um, yeah,
2: in 2012. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, so they clearly had the car to perform and Grosjean did a, a great job. I don't know if right now, if I could put him as one of the top ones in terms of currently underrated, I feel like... In terms of, he's, he's yeah, if he retired,
2: bit. if he retired, he mm-hmm. would be underrated for me. But if you look back on his career, he's been a lot more impressive than maybe he's due credit for,
1: so... That's why yeah, I put him as my in my list. At Hey underscore Elliot also says Roman Grosjean a hugely impressive career in lower formulas a very talented driver but has never really been talked too much about too much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I well, wouldn't. I wouldn't agree. A negative yeah. <laughs> um, And at AMS underscore Dasher, said Roman Grosjean as well. I know the best uh, best case scenario is that this gets ignored, but the guy is one of the most unlucky in the grid for sure. Whenever he was doing well last year, there was always something that happened. He has the speed, just not always the consistency. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe if Haas get their, their act together, although it seems like it could go completely the other way by the sounds of the finances and whatnot with uh, with all this stuff that's going on in the world right now. Hope you guys are staying safe, just as a side note, because obviously things are still crazy. Um, but but yeah, we don't know. We don't know where Grosjean's career is going to go. Obviously, he's towards the tail end of his career, you have to say now. How old is he?
2: 35, 34, 35, yeah, 35 like that, so know, yeah.
1: He hasn't got much time to... Well, I don't think he's ever going to get a top drive now, is he? No. But, it's a shame. It's a shame, but at least he has ten podiums to his name. He has yeah. some silver. I work. think
2: he's one of those drivers where it is very much with a lot with a lot of these underrated drivers. I guess is what might have been, you know, what yeah. what might have been if we didn't, you know, he had that tail end of twenty thirteen where it's absolutely phenomenal. I'll, I'll go as far as saying that yeah. he was the only one that could almost challenge Vettel when he was dominating in that Red Bull, where he was mm. like best of the rest, and unfortunately you know huge rule change and Lotus drop right to the back of the field and he doesn't really have a chance but even then he scored a podium for them so yeah still a great driver
1: I think. Definitely I think the term underrated just gets thrown around so much on social media whether whatever sport it is or whatever people don't seem to really understand what underrated means and it's uh very strange when the likes of Vettel gets put put in the the, the sort of um, arena of being underrated. It's very strange. But yeah, I think um, definitely Grosjean can be seen as underrated, uh, especially from his earlier parts in his career. Now, another one was Carlos Sainz. This is fan picks now. Podium, obviously, he has won uh, after, after Brazil last year. At F1 McLaren fan says he quietly gets it done scoring maximum points and the tv cameras never seem to see it and at ads un- underscore online says signs since he was first teammates with verstappen i thought they were just as just as talented as each other people are just catching on now yeah i think signs was more probably underrated earlier on in his career when he was up against verstappen now i feel like he's probably getting the, praise the credit he deserves. he deserves yeah it's that's... just it, i guess that people maybe jump on that underrated bandwagon because he's not shown on television
2: yeah i wrote that in my notes so the only person that doesn't seem to rate him is the f1 broadcaster it seems but <laughs> yeah science is a interesting one because personally i will i will be the first to admit that i didn't really rate him when he when he was before this season i kind of thought you know he was in the René, he wasn't doing anything that spectacular and yeah he had some good performances alongside verstappen but he just missed that spark you know that Verstappen has that Hamilton has that Alonso has where you know call it arrogance call whatever you like but they've got that kind of ruthless spark if you like and Science, Mm -hmm. I feel didn't have that but he's definitely proved a lot of doubters including myself wrong and last year was just phenomenal you just can't fault him for what he did last year
1: no absolutely not and, you know, he missed out on the Red Bull hot seat against Verstappen. It was very close. I'm surprised that you didn't rate him when he uh, was up against Verstappen, considering uh, he was up against your boy. Uh, I mean, he
2: did uh, all right. I think people think he did better than he did, maybe, like in terms of like points and stuff. But when, when it was those races where, from what I remember, Verstappen getting kind of like a P4 in Hungary, and he was the one putting yeah. in maybe more exciting moves and stuff. Yeah, but maybe so we just you say, just maybe more we of just a didn't showstopper, see...
1: more of a a camera spotlight kind of guy. Yeah, maybe we um, just didn't see Carlos Sainz in the tour because the director wasn't showing him. And no one noticed because <laughs> it, Sainz was new at the time. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, I think Carlos Sainz is, is definitely a shout. But I th- as I say, I don't think he's probably in that underrated, like the most underrated drive draw- over on the no. grid because people have been shout- screaming his praises for, uh, well, the whole of last season pretty much. Um, so... Not not completely not contesting at all that signs isn't a great driver because he is, um, but I think that people are probably understanding that now. Yeah, right. Next one, Lance Stroll. I think Lance Stroll's definitely in the in the mix as as someone that can be deemed as underrated, and a few of you un- agreed as well. Tommy underscore two eight zero eight says Lance Stroll because everyone just sees his father buying his seat, but apart from qualifying, he's a really strong driver. And at Wizkid was. I'd probably pick Stroll. has an absolutely amazing junior career. has a podium, and really the only weaknesses he has is qualifying, which needs to be fixed. But people just see him as daddy's cash and nothing more. I think, Great, yeah, yeah, for people that, yeah, definitely underrated probably is the one of the key things for Stroll because of this negative connotations that he he kind of carries with the fact that he well, there's no no denying that he has that racing point seat because of his dad. Yeah, uh, but his his results. Excluding qualifying, which I was, I'll put my hands up. I, I was roasting him myself last year for for his terrible qualifying because he didn't get a Q one for God knows how many races. Considering he's in a racing point, yeah. But but his races were were, were pretty pretty solid, and you can't say that he was just trundling around seventeenth, seventeenth or eighteenth, was he? He was making moves
2: exactly. He he's got the reason he's underrated for me is because he does have that reputation of he's only in Formula One because of his dad and don't get me wrong that is obviously a huge part of it but the reputation that he has almost is like he's a 90s pay driver that's 5 seconds off the pace like a raghunathan or something and wouldn't even qualify in the 107% rule when realistically he's just very very poor at qualifying and when he's when he's in the mix he's a proven a quick racer and he's got a podium let's not forget it, you know, it's a crazy race, but we mentioned with the Perez thing, Hulkenberg never got one and Stroll, yeah, managed to managed to do it when he was given that opportunity. So fair play to him.
1: Fair play indeed. Yeah, I, I think Stroll's definitely a shout. Yeah. Um, he's probably still behind his teammate, I would say, in terms of underratedness. And however you measure it, I know a lot of people will probably measure it in different ways. But in, in my head, I still think Perez is slightly more underrated in terms of what he's achieved and what he gets. Uh, in terms of coverage. Uh, another person is George Russell at Hunter Manley says, F2 and GP3 world champion and insanely quick, often overlooked because he drives to Williams, but I see him getting the next seat at Mercedes. I don't think he's underrated. I just don't know. He just doesn't get any spotlight because of the fact he's in the Williams. But I think within the paddock, within, I think the understanding of a lot of fans that George Russell is one of the next contenders for a title, for sure. I I, I just think that why would people talk about Someone that's trundling around 19th at the moment, but it's the same for Alonso when he was at Minardi or whatever. You know, it's not, it's too early in his career to be, for him to be deemed as underrated, I think.
2: 100%. It's what I've written in my notes as well. So get out my head. But yeah, I I wrote this one down because a lot of people put it. But for me, it doesn't fall under that underrated category because if anything, he's a highly rated driver that we've just never seen in a good car or even a car that's capable of competing with anyone like we just we need to see George Russell even if it's in a midfield car to see how he's performing because everyone in my opinion he is highly rated because he won F2 as a rookie he won GP3 I think as a rookie as well and you know he's done some unbelievable things in the junior category and he is so highly rated that Mercedes have hired him even though he's in a Williams and we just need that. We need to see him in a top car to see if we can truly um, see if he's underrated or not. He needs a longer career, really, before you can give him a label.
1: Agreed. I think we can move on from the, the Russell conversation straight to Valtteri Bottas as a, another pick from quite a few of you. One of them being underscore Jason F1 saying, Valtteri Bottas, even in the best car, you don't win multiple races unless you have serious talent. If Lewis really is a GOAT contender, no shame in being beaten by him. Hmm. Um I'm sat so, so on the fence think, about this one, really. I don't yeah, I don't
2: think he's as bad as what maybe a former Bottas bassa used to say on this podcast. Botash. <laughs> but, yeah. But I don't think he's underrated. He deserves to have a few wins in F1. Um, but for me he's nothing special. And if anything, you know, he's getting seven wins in a Mercedes for however many years he's been with them now. The three. three seasons. It's yeah. not that huge, not is that it? special, is it? If he was really underrated, which we'll go into later about kind of number two drivers, if you like, that have maybe been overshadowed by a greatest of all time contender teammate. We're not, Bottas doesn't for me pick up enough wins and has incredible performances to warrant that
1: yeah exactly you know even if you know if we're going to call Lewis the goat Lewis is always going to have off weekends and that's when Bottas is going to shine and you know seven wins and three seasons if anything I would say that he in if you look at Bottas's career, he was probably more overrated when he was at Williams than he was underrated. Yeah, you know, everyone's thinking that Bottas is this next big thing. He's you know really performing like at a Williams kid yeah. Massa. but you know he gets to step up to the big seat, and you know he has shown glimpses of talent, sure, and he's been rec- like commended for that. But I I don't think he's underrated by any stretch. I think he's just about on the level of where he is in his career, which is a second driver. And he doesn't, Basically. yeah,
2: exactly. And he, he doesn't seem like the kind of wonder kid, maybe like a George Russell, where if he was Lewis's teammate, you think it would be almost a stepping stone to be number one driver eventually. Whereas if Lewis Hamilton retired tomorrow, I don't believe that Valtteri Bottas would be given a number one treatment and they've got no. a number two driver in to help him win the championship.
1: Absolutely not. And that's testament with uh, this one-year contract extension. That's all he's getting, isn't it? Mercedes don't believe in him particularly uh, unless he steps up his game a huge amount. I don't think, as you say, number one is not, not on the cards for him. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast very briefly to speak about our sponsor for this episode. You may have heard of them before if you're a regular listener. It's ExpressVPN. If you don't know what ExpressVPN is, it's a software that thousands upon thousands of people use every day to protect our data online. In the time since we've started using ExpressVPN, hacking methods have grown even more sophisticated. I'm sure a lot of you are working from home these days in the current climate and without the IT department to protect you from online threats. So it's important that you take action on your own to secure your devices you use for work. That's why I recommend using ExpressVPN for the best online protection possible. You might be thinking that security threats don't affect you personally or it doesn't affect your phone or whatever you use. But not using ExpressVPN is like leaving your front door unlocked every time you go out. Sure, nothing might not happen for years, but when it does, it can be devastating. One of the easiest ways to secure your internet data is with ExpressVPN. You click one button on your computer or smartphone and you're protected. So make sure you protect your data today by visiting our special link, which is expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1. Right, back to the podcast. Right, let's move on to the un- most underrated drivers in F1 history now. And my choice, <laughs> which might surprise a few people, is Nico Rosberg. Now, I've, I've been critical uh, especially when Rosberg retired. People have seen that. But what was that? <laughs> uh, let's not get into that. But I think um my 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 reasoning for this is that we never really knew how good Rosberg was until he left the sport and until even Bottas stepped up to the plate, in my head anyway. And this this is, by the way, is a choice from when I've been watching and where I feel comfortable in order to measure it up. I can't I'm not gonna go into the 70s, eighties, nineties even to go. Oh, you know X, Y, and Z because I'm not a historical F1 fan. I'm more in the in the now. So for yeah. me, in the you know in the last ten ten years or so, I'd say I'd say Rosberg is definitely a shout for sure. There are a few other contenders which we'll get into, but for me, he 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 was on hit on the pace of Hamilton most times. There were obviously a few times where we were thinking, well, God, if you know Red Bull or Ferrari was you know closer in performance, then Rosberg would be fifth or sixth rather than second. But I think he had Hamilton's number more than anyone we've really ever seen, and that's why he has a title. Yeah, it's.
2: I think going back to Bottas, like you say, Bottas has almost proved, wow, Nico was really quick. And I'm one of those people that believes he was very fortunate to win the title in 2016. Well, maybe maybe very fortunate is unfair. He pushed Hamilton a lot, and I do believe that we you know without those failures, Hamilton would have won the title. However, he he pushed Hamilton a lot during his career, at Mercedes, and the fact that Rosberg could get in Hamilton's head, something Bottas just hasn't been able to do at all. It yeah. shows just how good Nico Rosberg was, and I'm I'm with you. I wasn't a huge fan of him personally, but. When I was reading some of the comments of people saying Nico Rosberg, I, I have to agree because he was very quick. At, he, in his early career, even if you don't speak about him winning because he got lucky in the best car, he did some incredible things at Williams as well. I remember him putting many underdog performances, getting podiums. He You could argue that he should have won Singapore in 2008 when Alonso won in crashgate, because Rosberg was second that day in a Williams, so yeah, good driver.
1: Yeah, I mean, as we say, he has a he has a world championship and twenty three wins. I am also of the opinion that he was lucky to win that title. Like, there is no. But then that's what happens in every F1 season. There's people that have more retirements, less retirements. Because it was at the end of the season, Hamilton's looking set to potentially win Malaysia and, you know, take the title, and then he he blows up. You know, and obviously that's gonna have a lot more attention than, say, for example, another title fight where someone conked out in the fourth round, and people don't really remember it because we get to the end and oh, they just won or whatever. You know, it, it's kind of seen in a different light, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and there's a few others that agree with me at FIFA. NR6, impressive at Williams and the only driver to beat the two most successful drivers of all time in the same car, uh, obviously being Shumi and Hamilton. And then at Uzair Syed, says Nico Rosberg, underrated at Williams, managed to score podiums in shitboxes, destroyed Nakajima, beat Hamilton to a World Drivers' Championship, and he has 23 wins. And he was at Mercedes for how long?
2: Ooh, uh, four
1: four years. Four years? And competitiveness, Three years probably, or yeah. You'd
2: years. argue three years where he could. No, sorry, of course, he was at um, Mercedes. He was sorry, yeah, he was in Mercedes was long... in 2010, yeah. So he had three years in the essentially the hybrid era beast Mercedes yeah. where he just so went every as Bottas and exactly he has
1: 16 more wins. So, yeah. and also that in itself shows,
2: yeah. And, and Nico Rosberg, you have to give him credit for even in 2010 he was he was putting in some great performances in the Mercedes when they weren't up there he got their first victory i can't remember if it was 2012 or 2011 china, china yeah china yeah, yeah china
1: 2012 uh, that would have been 2012 2012 assuming, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: so yeah 2012 got their first win and yeah he was he had put in some very impressive performances when mercedes weren't the dominant team that they were during that hybrid era
1: yeah, that was a ridiculous race. I remember that. They just kind of came out of nowhere, didn't they? They were really good in qualifying, I remember, but then they struggled in the race, apart from China, where Rosberg just literally Somehow, flew away. Yeah. And then Shumi, of course, had a failure of some description, some of the worst luck I've ever seen uh, after having, as everyone said, loads of good luck in his career, or luck that he manufactured himself into good luck. But um, we won't get into that. That's another another conversation. <laughs> But yeah, I think Rosberg for sure is is up there. Oh, for sure, Rosberg. I'm, I'm coming up with the for sures now, <laughs> now that we're talking about Nico. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely think it's one of those cases where you have to kind of realise and you don't realise until they leave the sport how good they really were. Uh, and And I think the inner wanting us for him to take it to Hamilton every single time because that was the only person that could take it to him, maybe that was... The reason for why we then had opinions of him, think you know, saying, "Oh, you know, he's not that great, is he? he can't really challenge Hamilton." But Hamilton could well be one of the, if not the best of all time. So you got to kind of rate him, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, fair. Tommy, your choice now. Let's go. Okay, my choice
2: is Robert Kubica, and he was a bit of a joke last year. Unfortunately, again, I'm going for more my era oh there is a there is another one that i was going to choose but i thought i'd get absolutely roasted by you for but we'll go into that later because a lot of people okay. picked him as well uh i'm sure you can guess who he is um Interesting. but yeah robert kubitzer he he became a bit of a joke sadly um last year and i think for modern fans that are maybe just joining the sport they will unfortunately remember him as the guy that drove at the back in a williams not very well, and got consistently beaten by his teammate. But in terms of when he was at his peak, he was so, so good. And I have many good memories of watching that kind of era and thinking that Kubica, just like Alonso, Hamilton and Vettel, when they got into F1, they joined F1 and they were quick straight away. They didn't need to have anything, you know, they didn't need a top car to prove themselves or anything. They just got straight in and he was banging in some incredible results for BMW Sauber. And I will never forget that he almost won the World Championship in 2008. He could quite have easily done that had they not killed the development of the car to go for next year.
1: So you think um, underrated though, does that does does Kubica go down as underrated? Because I feel like there was a lot of hype around Kubitzor at that time and the next world champion and Ferrari having him on his radar uh, on their radar underrated
2: yeah but he's not the thing is he doesn't um he's not highly rated because of what happened this season and also you'd argue that the hyped era is like alonso vettel hamilton from that era so he will be yeah. forgotten about i believe
1: fair all right that's a fair point and I th- yeah as you say Ridiculed last year, obviously yeah, for yeah. for how he was performing. But when you actually strip it back and look at exactly what he had been through and the, the the injuries he had, obviously Williams have given him that platform to do it. So in some form, it's their fault as well for him being off the pace. But you know, at the same time, the, the injuries—if you just see him walking around. You you can't believe that he's even able to drive a Formula One car, let alone drive it at the speed in which he was going, where, you know, at times he was fighting George Russell and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, he will forever for me, for me anyway, be highly respected for just how he fought through his injuries and was back in a Formula One seat. Like that's a, a special story in its in itself. So
2: hopefully um, people remember him for that and not the yeah. kind of
1: Joke. Make sure you remember him for that. Yeah, yeah? everyone listening or watching. There you and go. then, and then right. if
2: they do, I will argue that he's not underrated. But if you remember okay, in the right perfect. way, he will be.
1: <laughs> uh, a few fan picks: Rubens Barrichello as one of the most underrated. Eleven Grand Prix wins and sixty-eight podiums. At Odikionas says Rubens Barrichello always being second option in a team, but great partner for Shumi and Button. And at Oslales. Being a Brazilian, I must say, Rubens Barrichello here, people used to target him as the slowest Brazilian driver ever, regardless of his achievements in Formula One. Now, that's a bit sad, I really. I don't, I don't like know he's if that's true or not, but it sounds joke. savage if it is. He, he was against, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. And he wasn't really allowed to fight Schumacher either. No. So,
2: I'd 100% agree with with this one because... And people will probably argue, well, what about Bottas then? But for me, Barrichello, he had, was very impressive in his early career. I think he was the youngest guide to score pole position, I think, in Jordan, when he was at Jordan. And I remember before he joined Ferrari, he was putting in some unbelievable performances in the Stewart. could have won a race and scored multiple podiums for him if it wasn't for the reliability. And mm. when he was up against Schumacher... I think it's important to remember that he he could push Schumacher from time to time and this is when Michael Schumacher was in his absolute peak and Barry Kello did have some performances you know like like Austria when he was unstoppable and he got told to move out the way. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Irvine for example I I never saw anything from Eddie Irvine where Michael Schumacher would have an off day and Eddie Irvine would just put in the most unbelievable performance. Same with with Schumacher's Benetton teammates. They were never really there either. So Barry Kello did push Schumacher from time to time and a lot more than any other drivers in Schumacher's career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He has to be up there as one of the most underrated for sure because as you say, he was just seen as a second fiddle. But a lot of that was down to... Ferrari not really allowing him to to fight was always a number 2 in his contract Schumacher led that team and you know it, it, to some degree you kind of have to say well look if you wanted to be more rated then move on from a team but then if Ferrari's winning all the time do you want to move that's you know there's there's a lot of factors isn't there into Barrichello's career but yeah, 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 yeah. he's he's definitely a very talented driver that that wasn't really given a shot at a title uh, another one that, well, the fans have suggested, which I disagree with, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with it anyway. Nika Holkenberg at RJO underscore 79, Holkenberg because he's been in the wrong place at the wrong time and had some bad luck. The wrong place at the wrong time, what, yeah. 10, 15 times? Yeah. Like how many times does he have to be in the wrong place at the wrong time for him to be almost... You know, judged for the fact that he hasn't been able to turn these occasions, these crazy races, into a podium. For me, look, he's had his chance. He's had more than enough opportunities. He's the longest um driver to ever, or the longest-serving driver to ever, not get a podium, and it speaks volumes.
2: I think. I think the wrong place at the wrong time comment. The wrong place tends to be the wall when the, wall. the uh, <laughs> yeah, when a podium I opportunity is.
1: Uh, Presented. Like turning in too early at Baku, wasn't it? And he, yeah. hit, he, he hit. All his these wheels, crazy races,
2: he seems to essentially like bottle his chance. And I'd argue that he's almost overrated because he is almost the name on everyone's lips when you say underrated F one driver. Yet hasn't really achieved much in
1: F one. He's overrated Be- in the beca- underrated category. Exactly
2: because he's so talked about so much as underrated, he's almost overrated.
1: I agree. Sorry, Nico, but. You had your chances, right? Next up, the Lord himself, Pastor Maldonado at Stella AS Pilot says, "Lord Pastor Maldonado, F1 winner with a Williams, and all-round good guy. No, absolutely not underrated. Just had a a decent car that time. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not putting him in the underrated category. I think he's going th-
2: Yeah, I think he's underrated. I think he he's not as crap as everyone thinks. He's a bit like a Grosjean. Really, he has." He's very crash, hell he's crash happy, but my word, he crashed could all. be unbelievably quick. And if it's a driver a bit like, so say um, Max Verstappen, because he's in a, a good car, he's perhaps been fortunate and he's got a lot of good backing that he's perhaps been fortunate that when he had his stage where he crashed seven times in a row, I think it was, and everyone was on his back saying, you know, this should be career over, crash stop and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. he could pull it out of the bag and he was in a top car to be able to prove himself. Unfortunately Maldonado just b- because he's just in the midfield, you just he's only looked at when he crashes essentially, but he did put in some good performances as well. And in 2012 a bit like Perez, he performed really well in that Williams when Bruno Senna was doing absolutely sod all. And he he, he there were some races I remember him Um, I think it was Singapore he almost got pole Uh, Valencia unfortunately (laughs) Uh, Valencia where he crashed into Lewis so again ended with a crash but he was going for P3 for that move with
1: Hamilton that everyone remembers. So, Oh, no, I'm quick. glad he did that because uh, that promoted Mr. Schumacher. Oh, it did, podium, didn't it? Yeah. If I uh, remember correctly. So that was a wonderful time. Thank you for crashing, at Maldonado. I remember giving it the biggest fist pump. I was like, wait, hold on. If those two have crashed, Schumi's on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think someone was hunting down Schumi at the time, but uh, he managed to get his one and only podium in his comeback, which was a glorious time. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think... He had one win. That's it. That was the only time he stepped on the podium. He had a great time in Spain. Sure, he turned up, had a fantastic race, fought Alonso off the whole time. But
2: he won in. A I don't Williams. know. He
1: crashed too much. He crashed so much. And you say, like, you know, obviously, you know, uh, crashed happen and all this stuff. But you know, look where Max is now. Whereas Pasta, as you say, didn't have the car to perform and produce and make the headlines. But I guess really, a it, I guess reason. with these it's, underrated things, it, it all
2: depends what your memory is them so if you're uh, if you're i'm not saying maldonado was incredible and should have been world champion but i'm saying but he should be crashing, remembered for yeah. more than just the guy just that was utter yeah, yeah. rubbish and crashed all the time when he yeah. won a race in a williams
1: all right cool he's a little bit underrated then okay yeah yeah <laughs> uh finally oh, and shock this one's on the list okay is date
2: Damon Hill. Can I just can I um so I'm going to change my my choice because i this is what I was going to go for. I was going to go for this one, but I was I was worried about being roasted. But now I don't care. I'm choosing Damon Hill as my choice.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So you're you're changing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for, yeah. From Cubitsa to, to Damon to Hill. Damon okay. Damon, yeah. All right. So th- I think this is a more worthy one than than um than the one you went with before. Sorry, which was Cubitsa. Uh, so. Okay, Damon Hill, one title, 22 wins. Uh, And some people agree with you as well, Tommy. Andy Gorman says, late to F1 and could have won championship in 94 if it wasn't for Schumacher's antics at Adelaide and would have probably won in 97 if Williams kept him. Pedro Varadi says, uh, everyone thinks that because he drove for Williams during the golden years, he won the championship. And... Resist stance says clawed his way into F1 very late, thrown into a championship contending car with little experience, cheated out of 94 title, 196, then neglected by Williams, almost one in an Arrows, one in a Jordan. Tommy, the the stage is yours.
2: Okay, so it's a bit of story time now. So, oh no, (laughs) growing fanboy time. Yeah, fanboy time. So, growing up, I supported Damon Hill, as you'll all know, and I was seven years old, maybe. And I supported Damon Hill because he won the first race I watched and I am a glory-supporting child. Uh, but, and for me, when I watched him and when I was a little bit older in my teenage years and stuff, I looked back on when I understood the sport a little bit more, I kind of looked back on Damon Hill and thought, yeah, he's not that great, really. He won in a dominant Williams and kind of he, he got lucky with having the best car essentially and wasn't particularly that special but now I've looked back more and understood the sport more I'd actually argue that he is underrated because of the things he did and for me the Williams this was before my time supporting him but the pressure he must have been under in 1994 to uh, let's not forget he joined um, the sport quite late on i think he was 30 at the time so unheard of now and yeah. he joined as a teammate essentially as a number two driver just like a barry or a bottas and senna dying in 1994 he was never ever expected to win the title He, he, there was no thought that he would ever be in a chance to win the world title. So the fact that he got into that final race and almost won the title, and I can't imagine the pressure the team must have been under, you know, it was, it was a pretty phenomenal season that he had despite everything. And again, he, yeah, he won Williams. He was, he was quite fortunate that he had a rookie teammate. Schumacher wasn't in a particularly good car in 1996, but then. When he got back into a rubbish car, Arrows Jordan, he he performed well, and I I'd argue that if he hadn't have had that failure in the Arrows, that would be probably the greatest underdog win of all time in F one because he was like forty, yeah, he was like thirty seconds in the lead in an Arrows, you know, past Shumi. I remember, unbelievable.
1: Well, I don't remember that specific race, but I remember playing it on the F1 game for yeah. the mode, which uh, which uh, I think I mentioned to you on that time when, but yeah, yeah, yeah it was, um I think he's
2: like a, a bit like a Rosberg. you could remember him for so it's kind of going back to your like they're quite similar picks, I'd say, because Damon Hill's another one where people will go, "Oh yeah, it was just a year where Schumacher wasn't in a good car and he had the best car, but I don't believe that's the case.
1: Fair, your your point um, has, been, <coughs> has been heard. Oh my goodness me, that was a big uh, heard. I I won't argue because uh, you know Damon Hill's career much better than I do. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know the the book he wrote, obviously, is uh, was which I think you've read, haven't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've yeah. Seen snippets of it, you know, with with what he was going through as well. You know that that obviously has to be taken into account as as a human being and you yeah, know, yeah, relating yeah. To, to to the struggles he was going through as well. So for sure, I think he he was. He's never really in the conversations, is he, as one of those great drivers, but definitely deserves exactly. to be. Exactly.
2: And that's what being an underrated driver is all about. You're not you're not saying that they're the greatest driver to have ever lived. You're just saying Descent. that they deserve a bit they more They deserve credit. to
1: be talked about. Absolutely. There you go. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening, watching, wherever you are. Uh, to this new format where we discuss topics around the Formula One world. So we've been discussing this one, Tommy, um, for for quite a while. But we want to hear from from you guys as to what you'd like us to talk about next. So we've covered off underrated. Do we go to overrated next? Who knows? Let us know in the comments section below or wherever you're listening. And that is it. We hope you're staying safe in these troubling times. It's hopefully going to get better soon we don't know wherever you are it's obviously different but uh, we we wish you all the best um and that is pretty much it isn't it tommy
2: it is thank you very much i hope you enjoyed yeah trying something new and there's a lot more to talk about in a subject like this than racing that's not happening so
1: yeah exactly so there you (laughs) go thank you so much guys and we'll see you soon bye-bye
2: bye oh should we wave should
1: we wave to each other oh oh yeah
2: Bye. I hope I'm looking the right way because I've forgotten which way we were looking. Cool.
1: Cool. All right. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye